Hi, I'm Brian Stevenson from Richmond, Virginia. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. It's a special holiday edition of the Sound of Young America podcast. We've got an interview in just a second. Then coming up after that, a brand new holiday sketch from our friends in Elephant Larry. Silent night, holy night, jingle bells, jingle bells, walking in a winter wonderland. (laughs) How was that for a fabulous Christmas carol medley? (laughs) It's me, Pee Wee Herman, in case you didn't figure it out. Duh! (laughs) I'm here to just wish everybody the merriest, merriest, merriest of Christmases. Happy New Year and Happy Hanukkah to my Jewish friends. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests on the program are Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan. Uh, They are the authors of the comic book The Last Christmas, in which um, Santa Claus... Uh, responds to uh, the brutal murder of Mrs. Claus um, by murdering a lot of mutants, killing a lot of mutants, and uh, saving Christmas. Yeah. Essentially. Well, first he responds by murdering brain cells with whiskey (laughs) and depression. (laughs) Only after he's forced to does he head to San Francisco and see what's going on with the humans. Uh, Brian, who you just heard, is also a, a stand-up comic. You you might you might see him on the uh, Sarah Silverman program or on any of the many many sitcoms on which he's appeared. Um, Jerry, a writer for uh, G4 TV's Attack of the Show. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the Sound of Young America. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here. Okay, so how did the two of you? Let's start with this. How how did the two of you meet each other? <laughs> I uh, my first job in Los Angeles uh, ten years ago was working at a comic shop on Melrose, and uh, it was right near the studio where Mister Show was. And uh, every every Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, I'm going to see Brian, and we just got to talk and we got to be friends. And then one thing led to another. That thing probably was either a beer or a smokable beer. And we started <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, how crazy uh, it would be to have this idea. To I had an idea to put a gun in Santa's hand. But by that point, we'd been friends for a while. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but and we decided to write something together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we we met at the comic shop. Of he's the only guy there at that point who kind of knew what he was talking about. A lot of times when you go to comic shops. You want them to really know the books, and a lot of times they don't. And especially at that store, there were people there that just didn't care. They were tattoo farmers or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm working here to get more money to buy more tattoos, and they don't care about what's going on in the X Men or who's right. Yeah, it I, or I knew about anything. the new mutants, so that, you know, yeah, helped. We just started talking, and I remember the first time where we, I think, where I realized we were like minds is uh, Columbine had just happened. And it's horrible news, and I come in there, and I'm, I'm ranting about it. Something 
only I would, you know, something horrible about it. <laughs> and and he kind of jumped in and went, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they were going to get a plane and they were going to try and fly into the Trade Center. And remember, because you knew about, the, you had read yeah. about their crazy plan, because their plan didn't end at Columbine. Their plan ended at, at them getting on a plane and, and causing real damage. Yeah, they... And then he and I were just, like, laughing about it. And Their finale did not uh, go as they planned, uh, <laughs> thankfully, but that was something that I was interested in, and evidently Brian was the only guy that was interested in and chatting that, that about that. And that was, like, how our friendship began, was us both going, wow, we're, we're both weirdos. <laughs> I, I really like the idea, Brian, of you, you know, as your, your work as a stand-up comic uh, it takes you all around the country, uh, uh, regularly, I, I really enjoy the idea of you being a connoisseur of the comic book store guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I've been in a million of them, so yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we fast forward 10 years or so from the mid to late 1990s to the mid to late uh, 2000s. Where did the idea for uh, putting a gun in Santa Claus's hand come from? We always call it our post-9-11 idea. I mean, it really was. We started writing it in 2001. I think it was like our pop culture knee-jerk reaction to what had happened. About two months after. It was right around Christmas, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. Or three months after. So we, we were writing it before the end of that year, for sure. Yeah. You like had my oldest away, documents, yeah. I still have them. Yeah, I had taken a little trip, and I had been thinking about it, and I came back, and... You had said, you know, what about what happens to Santa? Everything starts with a good question. And I think Brian said, what happens to Santa after the apocalypse? <laughs> and we, I was thinking about the apocalypse a lot. Yeah. Uh, the first couple months after 9-11. And, and uh, yeah, and it just came. Well, your first idea was to do like a noir thing with Santa. Yeah. And then my brain, you know, sometimes I'll just, I don't know how it works, but he said that, and I was just like, no, 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 no. And I just went, what about this? You know, what happens? And then you know? and shortly after that, the next words were the road warrior, and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we were laughing, and then we, you know, we said, oh, we got to write this up. And it just came from kind of sitting around playing Xbox and, and uh, you know, throwing ideas out. Like, let's write something together. We don't know what it is. Let's throw our favorite things all in a blender and, and uh, you know, genres that we like and see what we come up with. And it was fun because we didn't, we weren't trying to do anything other than like make ourselves happy and make the other guy laugh. And so, I don't know, that was really pure. Like there wasn't anybody that was waiting on it. You know what I mean? Or anybody that said like, yeah, let's try it this way. It was whatever way we wanted to do it. Well, I imagine as soon as you conceived of this idea, the studios must've been banging down your doors. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We actually did get close in the beginning. I mean, this became a comic book after we realized it's not going to be a movie. And But we did try for a while, and we did several I drafts. And... I don't think we knew any better that, like, we thought they're going to see how happy this makes us and, like, how happy this would make <laughs> yeah. the nerds, you know? And And we were like, that will come through. And we always knew it was crazy. We always knew we had a crazy idea and, and a tough sell, but we also always thought that there was somebody who would love it and that, and that would be in the right position. We were like, there is a guy out there, and we have still yet to meet him. But, <laughs> yeah. but at that point, we were like, there's a guy who's going to love this. There's a guy who's going to flip out and go, I'm making that my next movie. You just got to get this script to Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, Okay, so besides the odd juxtaposition of Santa and a post-apocalyptic wasteland, 
what was appealing about it? Why why do it with Santa Claus and not some other uh, uh, you know iconic figure? Well, I think it will. It it honestly came from him having this first Santa idea. So that's just where we started with Santa, and then we were looking for another place for him. We we were like, let's. Santa, that would be fun to do something with Santa that you haven't seen him in some weird situation, whatever it is, whether it's noir or you know throwing him in Road Warrior, which we wound up doing. But it, but it first came from let's let's throw out a couple of Santa ideas and see what we got come up with, and it just became fun. And and then uh, you know it became kind of this Eastwood thing. It's not just uh, the Road Warrior. Uh, there's elements of like Outlaw Josie Wales, and it's just kind of this cool antihero who uh, you know is thrown in this horrible situation, doesn't want to fight, doesn't care about anything after he loses his wife. Like, he wants to die. He wants to join her. And it's just, we loved all that stuff, you know? Yeah, the we wanted to see, with with the story we went with, just to see what we could do uh, with the Santa and the kid relationship. Every Christmas story, there's always like, oh, I'm going to help the kid, or I'm going to help you know what this one special boy or girl. And, you know, we just... We kept that and sort of tore down everything else, you know, put a mushroom <laughs> cloud in the background, and we're like, this is better. This, this looks yeah. good to us. So we've, we've talked about all these um, post-apocalyptic wasteland inspirations. Were there inspirations in specific on the uh, Christmas side of the ledger or the Santa Claus side of the ledger? No, I think it honestly just came from it was around Christmas time. I mean, he's at my house around December. Uh, I think my house is probably decorated. You just come back from a trip. You're, you know, we're getting ready to actually celebrate Christmas, and it was just like, oh, here's this icon that nobody's ever screwed with, and you know they've done a million Christmas movies, but not yeah. the kind we'd want to see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you said that with such conviction, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what What was the most fun to write? Uh, writing the funny people, you know, coming up with the elves and and, and Gary uh, the Snowman is, is yeah. always fun to to write for. And Gary know, the Snowman sort of narrates. He's sort of your host. He's right. our he's our narrator. That's not a very good narrator. He <laughs> yeah. like tells stuff out. Of, you know, he gets story beats wrong. Right. And he's like scratching his chin about the right word and uh, he spoils things <laughs> he when spoils, he shouldn't. Yeah. And, you know. That's, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And and uh, Santa suicides were fun. I think we had way more ideas than we wound up using. I think we only used three. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> he jumps through the ice, he sets himself on fire, and he tries to hang himself with Christmas lights. But I, I think we had a bunch of other pitches of us just cackling, and you know. Yeah, and the I gotta say too that this for me was the first time creating something in an office, and then having it brought to life by the artists on the comic book and seeing those pages for the first time, it was like really just this great joy that like I still... Oh, yeah. Did, did either of you guys harbor ambitions to be comic book writers at some point in your life? We did, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think we both realized there's not really any money in it. And I, I mean, that wasn't... We both did this old like... I mean, it was going to be a movie first. And then we just... Wasn't it like Steve Niles doing Thirty Days a Night made us? Uh, well, and, he had, and had Rick like a really similar like, story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we knew. I had always wanted to write comic books. I didn't know how to do it. I've been going to conventions. I've been talking to people, uh, but uh, Rick uh, Remender, who uh, drew, uh, who penciled the book, um, had said, "Hey guys, I would love to be a part of this," and and that's. 
And I said, what do you mean? Can we do it as a comic? And he's like, hell yeah, we can do it as a comic. Like he talked to the image guys. It was very, very agreeable. They said, you know, this is, this is funny. And with Rick penciling it, you know, we're going to give you guys a shot. And so, uh, you know, that was sort of the path of least resistance. We didn't have to talk to anybody else. Yeah, we we both didn't know how to get into the comic. That was comic it. Book I, mean, I didn't too. know like, comic editors. I knew how or... to I knew how to get TV writing jobs, and I know how to pitch movies, but I had no idea what how to you know who to talk to or how to get a comic book started. And it was kind of our other friends that are already in that world helped us with that. You know, it's the sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan. Their comic book about a post-apocalyptic Santa Claus is called The Last Christmas. We'll have more with them in just a minute. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com. Hey guys, it's Jesse. I just wanted to offer everyone out there my thanks for another really great year of uh, The Sound of Young America. This isn't actually the last Sound of Young America of the year, but since it's the holiday special, it seemed appropriate. Thanks so much to everybody for listening, and especially thanks so much to the hundreds of you who donate and, um, you know, keep me in rent and dog kibble and stuff like that. So thank you so much, and and have a a safe and and wonderful holiday. Bye-bye. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan. They're the authors of the post-apocalyptic Christmas tale, The Last Christmas. Now, I, I, generally speaking, in uh, in American culture, it's somewhat more prestigious to write for and appear on television than to write for comic books. Uh-huh. Um, and you guys have both had s- success in uh, that area. Was it a special success to realize that you had gotten your own comic book? I noticed, for example, Brian... Uh, as I was reading, I noticed a peripheral character looked a lot like you. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy. The guy is supposed to be him standing next to me too. But yeah, I'm so proud of it. And but yeah, it it did feel really cool to see that first time. Even just seeing the art before it was actually made, just to see my name on this thing and to actually hold a book and. And uh, to see somebody else drew my stupid idea, you know, and, <laughs> and, and made it great, really cool. and made it and look made good. It awesome. Like, like those first couple of pages, I was shooting a movie in uh, Albuquerque, and he was still back here, and we're starting to get pages, and I'm te- or I'm calling him. I don't even think we were texting at that point, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm calling him, going, "Oh my god, this is so cool! We got page one, and or you know, even when we first started to see character designs, we were like, this is real. It's happening.' Yeah." Rick had this, this great style, Rick, for the book that was perfect. Uh, he can he can tell you know sequential st- storytelling, obviously, but then his style he he knows how to make a comedy beat work. And Hillary, the anchor, was just really great. Sort of this old. We master. were inspired by it, the book. Kind of has a Wally Wood feel, and, and yeah, uh, and we wanted it to feel like actual funny comic books that you've read as opposed to, you know, feeling like a superhero book or anything like that. We wanted it to feel like a, like an EC horror thing that had comedy, or, you know, and those guys really knew what that was and captured that right away. Were there any scenes that you remember in particular uh, gaining new dimension from uh, seeing them on the page? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the littlest thing, just like 
him uh, Santa. Santa spilling syrup all over himself and then licking it off his boob. Like it's really funny to, for me to describe it. It's even funnier to look at, you know. And with like stink lines and just stuff like that, just classic little things that he did that Rick, you know, went for. He gets comedy. He's a really funny guy too. He's one of our funniest friends. So yeah, uh, he. I think for me, early on seeing uh, Santa crawling around in the snow licking the rum and his ass crack is yeah, yeah. above the the boxers and it was uh that's little what I touches knew. like uh oh, this is gonna be great this is what we wanted <laughs> you guys take such pleasure in this have you thought uh, have you considered returning to the medium oh yeah 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 we're we're working on something now that uh, isn't a, a continuation of the last christmas but i would always go back and do another last christmas story and you know I'm, I'm working on some other things but we both wanted to, he'd done another comic after we did this he did one on his own that's really great and infinite, was no, infinite horizon nominated for an eisner award yeah, which yes. is one of the most prestigious awards yes. in, in comics yeah we were floored by that it was very uh very gratifying and humbling so the we wanted to do another thing with image and and that's what we're we're working towards it's early stages but it's more of a our take on superheroes and, you know, we're doing what we want to do with them and stuff that'll make us laugh. And it's not a straight up comedy book, but there's going to be you know things that make us laugh in there. Because yeah. otherwise I get bored it, and throw it, things. I'm not laughing. It, it seems like you have this chance to uh, to live uh like a, I was going to say a 12 year old's dream, but it's more like a 15 year old's dream, which is to deconstruct a 12 year old's dream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. My whole life is that, really. Like, I was going to say, Brian's living like a like a cancer kid that's on his way no, out. I've and said like, that a million times. It's very that, true. Yeah. The metal wish thing. Yeah, right? metal guy, metal. Getting to be in horror movies, performing <laughs> with metal people, do, dealing in comic books, and all that, you know? Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Sound of Young America. It was so fun to have you. Cool. Yeah, yeah thank you for having us. Brian Bosain and Jerry Duggan are the authors of The Last Christmas, uh, in which Santa Claus slaughters an alarming uh, volume of mutants, um, whose insides you can already see before he slaughters <laughs> them. But you can see them a lot more once he, once he finishes the job. Um, it's available now from Image Comics. Thanks again. Thanks, thank Sam. Here's Elephant Larry. Ebenezer. What? Ebenezer. Who's there? Go away. Ebenezer Scrooge, you have lived a selfish, greedy life, only caring for yourself in the pursuit of money. So tonight you'll be visited by three hosts. Introducing your first host of the evening, the game show host of Christmas Pass. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob Marley? Merry Christmas, folks at home. We are coming to you live from the bedroom of Ebenezer Scrooge in London, England. Are the contestants ready to play? Ready. Where'd you come from? Here's the first question. What was the name of Scrooge's employer when he learned what a joyous holiday Christmas could be? Uh, that would be Fezziwig. Correct! Fezziwig? What? Well, I haven't heard that name in... How long has it been since Scrooge heard that name? 37 years. Correct! How did you know that? Last question. Scrooge used to spend hours and hours counting money instead of paying attention to what fiancé? That, that would be Belle. That's correct! That's correct, Scrooge. 
Okay, let's continue by introducing our next game show host, a kindred spirit and a very good friend of mine, the game show host of Christmas Presents. Hello, I could go for some Christmas presents right now. <laughs> All right, Ebenezer, this one's for you. We asked 100 peasant housewives the following question. If your employee, uh, we'll call him Bob Cratchit, had a wife and 10 children to feed, one of whom who was sickly and lame and would most assuredly die without extra money for food and medicine, would you, again, Give a him a raise. Uh, no. Good answer. Good answer. Good, good answer. answer. Survey says. Oh, I'm sorry. All 100 housewives said yes. Bah humbug. Whatever. We asked those same 100 housewives why didn't Scrooge go to his nephew Fred's Christmas a dinner? Uh, because I was busy. Uh, judges, can we get a ruling? Would you like to rephrase that? Uh, because I didn't want to. Correct. Okay, Jacob, tell us our grand prize for today. Today's grand prize is turning over a new leaf, understanding that love is around you all the time and that it only takes one moment to truly change your life. Ooh, I want that. Thank you, Jacob. Now it's time to introduce the most terrifying game show host you'll meet this evening, a horrifying specter and a good friend of mine, the host of Christmas Yet to Come. What do you want? Whose grave is this? For five hundred dollars. Is it A. Tiny Tim? B. Charles Dickens? C. Scrooge McDuck? Or D. Ebenezer Scrooge? Well, it says Scrooge on the tombstone, so it can't be A or B. I'm going to use my 50-50? Oh, of course that didn't help. You know, I, th I think I'm going to phone a friend. What friend did you choose? I chose... Oh, I, I don't have any friends. That is correct. What have I become? I need an answer, Scrooge. <laughs> it's my grave, isn't it? Final answer... No, Scrooge McDuck, final answer. I'm sorry, you came so close. Your time is up, Scrooge. No, please, I can change. Oh, forgive me, Tiny Tim. I want to live. I want to live. Congratulations, Ebenezer. It's Christmas Day, you're still alive, and you're a kinder, more generous person. Christmas Day? I haven't missed it after all. That's correct. Thanks for watching, and remember, God bless us, God bless us, everyone. Good night! Elephant Larry are online at elephantlarry.com. They've got one more show left of their brand new show in New York City on the 20th. You can find more information at elephantlarry.com. They're also headed to the Chicago Sketchfest and San Francisco Sketchfests in January. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help by, from myself. Interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. The show edited by Nick White. Thanks again to Elephant Larry. And uh, gosh, I don't know. Have a happy holiday, huh? Spend some time with your family, even if they're jerks. Okay, see you next time on the Sound of Young America. <laughs>